0: Welcome to the Preacher's Podcast for the Festival of the Holy Trinity in Year C. Today we're starting a new worship series. It'll run for six Sundays. The series theme is God's Words Possess God's Power. Human words sometimes are meaningless. Uh, We make claims about things without firm knowledge to back up the claims. We make promises and fail to keep them, even sometimes when we really try To fulfill our words. But everything God says is meaningful. God speaks with absolute knowledge. He never lies. And God's words possess God's awesome power. It's God's words that establish our faith, transform our hearts and minds, and direct our lives along meaningful paths. So during the first half of the church year, we focused on the life of Christ. As we begin the second half of the church year, we turn our attention to the teachings of Christ, to the words of the Son of God. We gather each week to let the Holy Spirit do the work Jesus promised he would do in the way Jesus promised he would do it, through his word. So the theme for this Sunday, the Festival of the Holy Trinity, is through the word the triune God blesses us, and we'll hear more about that in just a minute. I'm John Mitchell from Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary, and with me today is Pastor John Bauer of Good News Lutheran Church in Mount Horeb, Wisconsin, and Pastor John Bordelin, who serves St. John's Lutheran Church in McQuanago, Wisconsin. Also with us today is Professor Tom Cuck of Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary, where he teaches Old Testament and education, and you may recognize Professor Cuck uh, from guests starring on many previous episodes of the podcast. Well, John Bauer, let's start with you. Uh, God's words possess God's power is our overall theme these next several weeks. Could you uh, help us delve into the theme for this particular week a little bit, this Festival of the Holy Trinity?
1: Yeah, so I, you know, I think out of all the Sundays of the year, um, Holy Trinity is interesting in a, in a variety of ways, including the fact that it's maybe the the Sunday where we're most tempted um, to kind of talk about God in a way that is very academic and very ultimately abstract. Um, Like the whole goal of this day is to just make sure that we get the doctrine of the Trinity right and we don't fall into any of the the many heresies that have arisen over the years regarding regarding this doctrine. Um, And so maybe it's a Sunday where we think back to or even see once again that little diagram that we all saw for the first time in in catechism class that uh, kind of describes or explains the doctrine of the trinity of course we we use the athanasian creed perhaps and uh condemn the arians for for all their wrong ideas about the trinity you know things like that And, and all of that is good and of course we want to get the doctrine of the trinity correct but i think the opportunity for this sunday is to is to realize that in all the ways that God reveals himself to us, including the fact that he reveals uh, to us that his nature is triune, really the whole point uh, is for him to, to bless us, that through that revelation, we are blessed. We are the ones who benefit from it, and I think the readings today do a, an awesome job of pointing out just exactly how that, how that happens, that as God reveals himself to us through his word, we receive blessing. Great. Yeah, thanks for yeah, focusing
0: us on yeah, not just the abstract uh, doctrine of the Trinity, but uh, the fact that the Holy Trinity is yeah, living and working in our lives. Um, John Bordelin, uh, let's go to you next. Can you give us a quick overview of the scripture readings appointed for today? Maybe note how the, the, day's, three, the day's theme kind of runs through them or how they interconnect.
2: Yeah, no, I, and I appreciate uh, Pastor Bauer's uh, introduction there, because I think back to a Trinity uh, Sunday sermon that said, your God is not triangles and circles, you know, that uh, the temptation to go down that road with it, but I'll, I'll start with the gospel, uh, John 16, uh, verses 12 and following, um, and it's Jesus uh, before, um, before he's handed over, and he's talking with his disciples, and and he says, you know, you you really can't uh, bear the truth, but the spirit of truth is coming. And just the overarching thought: how how interested this holy Trinity is in you, particularly, and also um, in your salvation. So the gospel sets the tone for the day. Um, Romans uh, chapter five, verses one to five. Again, that holy Trinity interested in um, in your salvation, and particularly. Where Paul drops the bomb here, um, we we recognize um, where we can glory and where our boasting comes from, but Paul points us out that uh, we can glory and boast, um, yes, even in our sufferings, and God has not left us alone, but pours out his spirit, um, and in, in particular, to give us uh, opportunity um, to endure in such times, but also... Uh, that as a Christian, we can take a perspective of times of suffering um, and see what blessing the Lord um, brings through that. So working our way backwards then to the text that we're going to discuss today from Numbers chapter 6, and, and I just won't say a whole lot at this time other than the connection um, to our, our weekly service. This is the closing words that our, that our folks get to hear. And again, the triune God um, who has blessed us in that hour Um is, is the one who is going with us um, into the week and actually gives to us, um, which these words declare.
0: Yeah, thank you. And uh, uh, just a, th- a thought on, on Romans 5. I know that's not our focus for today, but I love there how, yeah, the Holy Trinity is woven through those beautiful verses and it is so down to earth. So uh, yeah, the, the Holy Trinity, again, not just an abstract truth that we cling to, but um This is our God who is with us in real life, especially those those dark places of life, giving us righteousness and hope and uh, renewing us. Well then, let's get to that sermon text for today, Uh, Numbers chapter 6. And uh, Tom, we'll uh, turn things over to you at this point. Um, Get us thinking about this text and preaching it, uh, whatever you'd like to highlight from the Hebrew um, homiletical thoughts. Uh, Can you get us rolling with number six?
3: Yeah, and uh, this is a, a text where the Hebrew is really really neat it really is um and just focusing on the the parts about the 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 section on the blessing per se uh the strophes advance in the number of words so the lord the, the lord bless you and keep you three words in the hebrew lord make his face shine upon you be gracious to you five words in the hebrew lord look upon you with favor and give you peace seven words in the uh in the Hebrew. And we have to be careful. You know, numerology isn't something we're going to dive into a lot. Um, and a lot of times you just need to be really careful about it. But the fact that God ends this blessing with a seven word strophe does not seem to be um, coincidental. It seems to be very purposeful. Um, the last word in that last strophe is the word shalom. And the word shalom has this beautiful picture of an unbroken sphere. That when God gives me shalom, it doesn't mean that everything in my life is happy, but it means that everything in my life is in balance. And you see that thought carried out really nicely in that Romans reading where we can rejoice in our sufferings. Um, that even when I'm in suffering, I still have shalom. I've got peace i've got that uh that that everything is fitting in the right place thought which is in, implicit in in shalom uh, but the the hebrew part that i like the best of all of this is that the the hebrew suffixes the the second person it's the second person singular you might have expected that it would have been the second person plural because these blessings would be spoken to groups of people in general no, God makes it second person singular. The Lord bless you and keep you. And, and so it's this really cool thought where God is saying, I'm not just going to fire a blessing out there. And if you get lucky, grab a chunk. No, I'm looking right at you, Tom, right at you, John, right at you, John, right at you, John. <laughs> we got three Johns at a time here today. So I'm looking right at each one of you and saying the Lord bless you with your particular joys hopes dreams goals hurts aspirations it's this beautiful beautiful thought where the the the, the god of the universe is talking to me and he's promising that he's going to bless me what an amazing thing now we have to always be careful this was part of the old testament ceremonial law we are not under any obligation to say this specific blessing um we can certainly use new testament blessings and they're they're just as god pleasing and just as strong however when you look at this you can also look at it and understand why god said to moses this he didn't say to moses you know tell your brother aaron to say something like this when he goes out to bless the people <laughs> instead he said tell aaron and his sons to say this <laughs> And that gave them the exact words because they're just loaded with, uh, with meaning. I'll stop there. There's there's some other things that will probably come up as we go
0: along. Yeah. Thank you, Tom, get, getting us into that and thinking about the Hebrew and just the, the care that the Holy spirit took in crafting these words and, and bringing them to us and um, what about uh, now? So the challenge with the text like this is, is it is so familiar, um, we might bypass some some things, or at least this be my temptation as a preacher. I would think, you know, the, these are such familiar words. Um, I got to dig up some uh, obscure insights on them to share with my people, because of course they all know these words so well. But I wonder if, you know, it's one of those things we hear the words, they powerfully act in our lives because they are the very words of God at the end of the service. But um, yeah, maybe we don't take time to unpack them and even kind of the basic concepts that are there. So I love, Tom, how you brought out shalom, that concept of peace. Uh, we say it all the time, but it might be worthwhile in a sermon to, to give it a little bit more attention uh, to bring that home to people. Um Anything else along those lines that jumps out uh, to you guys as things you'd want to emphasize in this text, um, even though it is so familiar? Uh, John Bordelin?
2: Yeah, uh, thanks, John. And thanks, Tom, for that. Um, You know, one of the things that Tom said about the the second singular um, for you, you know, and I'm not sure that you can overemphasize that. But again, we hear this week in and week out. And maybe taking that for you aspect, but then but then also drawing it out, you know, if if Aaron has uh, been commanded to speak this, you know, at the base of Mount Sinai, and then and then I just uh, let my my mind wander a little bit about uh, all those um, whom this has been spoken over and spoken to um, over the last Thirty five hundred years. I think one of our footnotes and one of our uh, hymnal productions even draws that point out, right? In the something, this is God's blessing that's been spoken for some thirty five hundred years, and then if you can think historically at all, well, it looks to me like the Lord has just brought His little church through quite a bit. Um, and then to speak uh, and think pastorally, you know, before we record this, you know, I'm I'm with a ninety two year old who's still mourning her husband and. And her next door neighbor, his his daughter's going through cancer treatments right now and, and closing those visits uh, with these familiar words. But but man, you know, the, the Lord has actually brought people through stage four cancer before. He's actually brought widows through before. And, uh, and I'm really thankful to have these familiar words um, in front of us again for you, but for a lot of people over the course of time. So yeah. thanks.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a cool thought. Just the the uh, the duration, uh, the, the, these words never lose their power. And over thousands of years, they are still active among us too. Tom?
3: If I could just, this is, I don't know, maybe a little bit of a squirrel chase, but I've, I would encourage as a pastoral practice, when you're pronouncing the words of the blessing, try to make eye contact with every person who's there. And I realize in our larger congregations, that's pretty hard to do because you got a whole lot of people and some people bow their heads and whatever as they receive the blessing that's certainly fine Uh, but as you can try to make eye contact with every individual who's there and speak it slowly because this is God wanting to talk to each person individually was such a wonderful thought. And so to, to try to, to make eye contact with every person who's there, I think is one practical way we as pastors can bring out the for you aspect of, uh, of, of the blessing.
0: Yeah. Great suggestion. Yeah. The for you, God speaking to each of us as individuals, as his children. Um, How about, uh, Here's a uh, challenging point maybe with this text. It's gospel. I mean, so it, through and through, it's gospel. What do you do uh, when you're thinking maybe about the law in the sermon or uh, the problem uh, that the gospel is addressing or uh, trying to identify a malady as you start putting the building blocks of the sermon together? Uh, what, you know, talk a little bit about preaching law and gospel. Uh, starting with the law in this text or how you might approach that or how you have approached it maybe when you've uh, dealt with this text before. But John Bauer?
1: Yeah, so I, just as I, I kind of thoughts started to uh, coalesce about this, I, I think kind of what I talked about with Trinity Sunday in general can be can be true or can be highlighted by something related to this text. Um, it's interesting to me, and a, and a point that immediately caught my attention, is verse 23, God says, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. So you speak these words, and then at the end, as he kind of comes back to it, he says, well, you're going you're gonna to speak these words. They, the priests, will, will put my name on the Israelites, and I will bless them. So it's instructions about how, how they, the priest, would bless, but then God says, no, the, when these words are spoken, it's really me who's doing the blessing. And I think maybe what that helps or, or is an opportunity to address is this idea, yeah. and I'll just I'll, I'll lump it under the big blanket term of consumerism, um, that, that God has stuff that we as human beings need and want and benefit from. And even if it's, just, if, if it's uh, temporary earthly blessings, it's also spiritual and eternal blessings. But ultimately, there's kind of this attitude of He's the dispenser of all things good, and I'm on the receiving end of those things. And to realize that through His Word, God doesn't just give us those spiritual goods, He doesn't just uh, give us spiritual information, but He actually makes Himself as our God available to and present with us. And it's, I, you know, it really very much connects with some of the thoughts that were offered already about. Uh, this is an individual thing and a very personal thing you know god can you know if god is amazon.com then anyone in all the world can go on there and get the stuff that god needs but if if it's a one on one individual thing it really highlights the effect that god is is present with us so i think you know using it maybe as an opportunity in terms of malady preaching um to kind of point out you know it's easy to view god as this disconnected being who just he's got all the stuff that we need and we'll go to him when we need it instead of realizing through his word he abides with us whether we're wandering through the wilderness as the children of Israel were about to start doing um, or whether we're going through the the dark days and the trials and sufferings of life as Paul talks about in Romans 5 through his word God is is by our side He himself is there. Great uh, John Bordline, you had a thought?
2: Yeah just and something that John said there you know that personal presence of God, you know, back when my children were younger, and I was around maybe a little more for some of the bedtimes, you know, and after the, you know, the yelling at them, you know, and, you know, get your teeth brushed. And if I have to come back in this room one more time, you know, then you're really going to be all that really good parenting stuff. But you know, the the blessing to, to speak over them in their, you know, in their beds, and just that, that thought, as much as I love these kids, um, there is one who loves them more. Um, this triune God who is very much interested in the salvation of my daughters. And so like, maybe that's not spoken directly to the preachers who are hearing this, but uh, just to emphasize what, what he felt for my daughters and still feels for them, um, for the congregation that you get to, um, to speak this over. Um to your original question, John, about the you know the malady, um, I think back to folks I've sat in adult instruction class with um, who who knew nothing of the Old Testament and you just unpack a little bit of it and they're like, holy cow, you know these people are terrible um, and and you and it's not hard to draw the connection between uh, between us and present day, but you know uh, you be me, you you be the Lord what? What would you say to them at the base of Mount Sinai? What would you command to be spoken over the church today? I'm not sure it's the blessing. And so I'm so thankful that the Lord is the Lord and, and not me. What, why should he give this blessing to his church? So, yeah.
0: Yeah. What we deserve to have the Lord say to us versus what he here says to us uh, purely by grace. Tom? Tom?
3: Yeah, and um, love those thoughts, John. And John, um, and and that picture is sort of that 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 picture of our sinfulness and what we deserve from God is sort of in the background of this text. But one of the the, the pictures that's in the background of this text is uh, an Old Testament. Trad- uh, A way of approaching things with a king if you came uninvited into the king's presence and the king turned his face away from you uh, that meant you were led off to die by contrast if the king turns his face towards you and smiles that means you live that's a pretty big deal so um, you see it played out in specifics in the book of esther when uh mordecai wants esther to go to the king and and she says, well, I, he hasn't summoned me in a whole lot of time. And, and uh, so she goes in and, and he's, his face brightened and he reached out the scepter towards her. So you saw it, how it, how it actually played out, how this, how this worked. Um, and so I come into the throne room of God. And what do I deserve? Oh, my goodness. I deserve to have him turn his face away from me forever and for always. And yet, what does he say to me? That he's going to look on me with favor. That his face is going to shine on me. With a, with a smile, I think is the picture that you want to pull out there. And what incredible grace! Again, uh, for us to uh, to to hear and how much we need that grace is uh, is is part of the law preaching. I think that would be that would be appropriate in this in this text.
0: Great, yeah, good thoughts. Um, so, turning to the the gospel, then uh, I find what I preached on this text. The challenge is where to stop, because you know, uh, Tom, you mentioned shalom before, or turning your face toward you. There's, uh, you know, often we encourage preachers to find a unique um, way of expressing the gospel in a particular text and focus on that. Well, here take your pick, right? I mean, there there's all these beautiful images. Uh, what suggestions would, would you have for preachers um, for how to preach the gospel in it, it, all its richness from this text, but without uh, going on uh, for so long uh, that, you know, that you might be tempted to do? Tom?
3: Yeah, I agree with you, John, that this is, it, where do you end? There's lots of sermons in this one, which is great, but i I might suggest focusing in on verse 27 um, for a couple of reasons. Verse 27, thus I will place my name upon the sons of Israel. Um, You you hear this, this shadow, this picture, um, precursor, maybe, if you will, of our of our baptism, you know, that it would certainly be appropriate on Trinity Sunday to be reminded that I've been baptized into the name of the Triune God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and that I do bear his name. And uh, I got it in an even more personal way than the Israelites got. They just heard it. Uh, I not only heard it, but I felt it um, on my skin, and I had the visual of it. And I I know it happened because of the the baptismal beauty. Um, and then as that that verse goes along, John Bauer, you brought this up earlier. I will bless them. This isn't a maybe or a might be. <laughs> I will. And and in the Hebrew, the word I is there which is unusual it doesn't show up very often in the hebrew so there's a real emphasis i the almighty eternal god i will bless you um, i'm going to bless you in the way that's best and right again a little pastoral practice thing sometimes you when we hear the blessing spoken we hear people say may the lord bless you and keep you um you know, I'm certainly not going to say that's heretical but i'd also encourage you to drop the word may um, this isn't a maybe or a might be. This is a for sure. And so just go with the words of the text. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you, etc. Et, et State it because it's God giving his promise to the people who are in front of you, that he is going to do that. And so perhaps focusing in on verse 27 allows you to kind of encapsulate all the other stuff in a a couple of cool pictures with the the baptismal thought and the, the, the uh, absolute certainty of this. I will bless you. Great.
0: Yeah. Thank you. That's a good, good suggestion. Key off of verse 27, John Bauer.
1: Yeah, I, I like that. I, um, and just building on that a bit, I, I think the opportunity, maybe in even looking at the, the connection with the other readings and kind of where we are in the church here as we're kicking off this this whole post-Pentecost season, is to focus on not even the, I mean, you know, you, you probably at some point walk through the specific uh, things that God is is uh, promising to do implicit in these, in these words. Um, but just the idea that as, as we hear them, what God is promising to do for us through through his word, um, that you know, it's, it's such a common question to ask when it comes to hearing God's word, whether it's personal devotion life or going to church, like what am I, what am I going to get out of this? And very often sort of the options or the things that we're thinking of are, is, is there new information that I didn't have before that's suddenly gonna uh, you know, help me see life in a different way? Is there a new behavior that I, I need to be doing that I'll suddenly find inspiration and motivation to do? Am I gonna feel differently uh, about my life or the circumstances of my life? What am I going to get out of it? And I think the opportunity that these words provide is, is to say, when you hear God's word, you get God. And if if no, none of that other stuff really strikes you in a very visible or obvious way, like, oh, I, I got this. At the very least, you can God promises you will get God when you get his word. Yeah. Great thoughts. Um, yeah, this is more than just words. It is
0: God himself bringing his presence here.
2: Uh, John Bordelin. Yeah. Thanks Jennifer. You get God. I think, uh, okay. There you can, somehow you can play that into a theme. I think very nice. You know what? Um, so, how, so how about this then? If you think about one, one way to, that, uh, something familiar, this is, then this becomes new for me and for my hearers this time around, so words that we hear <clears throat> so often. Um, so what what do I what do I get out of it this time? And maybe it's something, uh, maybe you didn't get anything out of the last 59 and a half minutes, you know, and um, probably not true, but maybe that's what you're thinking. Um, but in these few short words, you're getting everything that you need. And oh, by the way, those disciples who are facing something pretty uncertain in John 16 in the first century church that Paul's addressing in Romans five and the children of Israel at the foot of Mount Sinai. Um, there's a lot of similarity. Um, I'm sure to the, the 2022, uh, Christians who are, who are hearing these words again. And it's that, that same triune God present at creation, um, there for you at your baptism there for you Sunday after Sunday, again, from that goofy looking preacher, um, and, and God, God chooses to go with you through these words. Um, that, that's a gospel thought that just came up today for me. So thank you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. And we can say that's something to hang on to in faith, uh, especially for, yeah, when you've, you've got those doubts and you're stumbling along in your walk, uh, to hear, have uh, God coming to you with his powerful words of blessing. And when God speaks, Things happen, yeah, and then leading to applications could spin out of that too, right? Um, the the life we lead with confidence, uh, with joy, um, shalom, with the peace that He gives, that wholeness that comes um, through faith in the Triune God, uh, sheltered by baptism, energized by the name of the Triune God on us, right? A lot of a lot of potential there for appropriation and application, both. Um, well, uh, any suggestions for, uh, basic, uh, outlines or even themes that you have used before or are, uh, considering as, uh, you think about this text one, one I have used in the past, I think on this text was, um, something like this is no ordinary bless you so for my introduction, just talked about, you know, you sneeze and somebody says, bless you, but okay, I guess that's a nice wish or thing to say. Um, I'm more of a Gesundheit guy myself, but you know, you, you kind of the, the, you wish blessing upon somebody, but it, it's just that it, it's a wish when we do it. When God speaks though, um, this is no ordinary, bless you. It's not just a wish. This is the living God present among us through his powerful words and he can accomplish what he says, uh, right? And then, yeah, go to any of those beautiful pictures um, that we've been talking about. Here's what he does when he puts his name on us. So maybe one idea, uh, John Bauer?
1: Yeah, I, I think you could really uh, take that and run with it if you really wanted to. You think about all the, all the ways in which just that concept of being blessed or blessing is used to not just bless you when someone sneezes, but um, how how just the phrase God bless can be kind of a, you know, something you throw in there, or even God bless America, you know, things like that. It's like, okay, let's let's see what blessing really is. Um, and this text is certainly good for that. I I, I think as I thought about like a like an outline or you know where to divide the text. I think there's you know, if you're looking on Trinity Sunday to at least do a little bit of Trinitarian discussion, like who, who is our God and, and what does the Bible reveal about him? You look at the three-part blessing. You look at all the work that's described in there that, you know, whether we parse it out specifically by Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, at the very least, the whole gamut is covered, right? God is, this is the Lord who cares for our physical needs. This is the Lord who provides for our spiritual needs, too. Um, so who God is and, and what our triune God does for us. And then verse 27, kind of as almost part two, and, and this is how he is with us, that as he, as his name is spoken over us, as his word is revealed to us, that God that you just heard about in those, in those three strophes is going to be doing the very thing that he's promised to do. Right, right. Yeah.
0: Um, great ideas. Uh, Tom? I think a, a, a neat
3: opportunity that we have on Trinity Sunday is to emphasize just the greatness of God. Um, and, and people get sometimes get uh, frustrated that they can't totally understand God. Do you really want a God who's so small that you can understand him? <laughs> no, I want a God who's much bigger than me. Because if a God is much bigger than me, that means he can be my God. Uh, he can bless me. He can help me, um, et cetera, etc. And so, you know, again, you have the opportunity looking at the history of it. They've just come out of Egypt, all the incredible, great things that God has, has done, that this is the um, magnificent God who could bring the plagues, who could do the Passover, who can open up the Red Sea, who could bring the thunder and lightning at, the, at Mount Sinai, yada, yada, yada. Um, that's the God who's blessing me. Mm -hmm. Um, to, to just be reminded of the greatness of my God, you know, we, we make, we call God triune, um, or we refer to him as the Trinity. Those are nonsense words. What does triune mean? It means three, one, which is it? Is it three or is it one? Yes, yeah, it's a nonsense term, and and but it's the best we can do, and that's good news for us. Mm-hmm. It's good news for us to know that I've got a God who's big and who can bless me in ways I can't even imagine, and who knows me better than I even know myself, and who will guide me in ways that I would have never dreamed of going because He knows that's what's best for me. And so to have a chance to to, to focus in on some of those thoughts on, on Trinity Sunday could be could be helpful, and then to bring back to this text and say and what is he promising to do he's promising to put his name on you and to bless you that's what he's promising to do for you
0: yeah yeah this incomprehensibly awesome great god comes to us personally and there's the uh, the second person singular right it's for you with all the power that he brings concentrated on us and the name that he puts on us yeah Beautiful yeah, and gospel. by the
3: way, the sorry to butt in, the Trinitarian aspect that you might actually want to focus in on with this text is actually that God is a united one, and that's from verse twenty-seven. I will bless them, hmm. and uh, the the inclusion of the the the, the uh, personal pronoun I uh, reminds us that that our God is one. Um, yes, He's three, but He's also one and he's one in purpose and desire and et cetera. And so maybe that focus from this text might be the more appropriate one rather than the threeness.
0: Yeah. The, uh, the, is it a knee in uh, verse 27 mm-hmm. there? The yep, correct. Listen. Yeah. Yeah. Great thoughts. Uh, any final uh, wrap up thoughts, John Bauer?
1: Yeah. I, you know, everyone's kind of alluded to it already, but I think uh, this is an opportunity you know this kind of thing can be can be overdone if a preacher does it every single sunday in terms of using the text as an opportunity to explain parts of the worship service um but this is obviously a, a very natural way, right where to, to use the, the this as a sermon text as an opportunity to talk a little bit about what happens at the very end of just about every gathering that we have as christians and aside from talking about those specific words or that specific part of the service I think it's an opportunity, too, to say, um, God, God is the one who's doing all of this. But he is, is very content and even very pleased to do it when these words are on the lips of human beings. Um, so, again, tell Aaron and his sons to speak these words. And then, again, at verse 27, they will put my name on the Israelites. So, you know, this wonderful blessing, God did not choose to, you know, just as needed or periodically boom it down from heaven so that all of us can hear it directly from him. He very deliberately puts it on the words of human beings. And so to be able to, to point that out too, and just say, Hey, when, when you are hearing the words of God through a, a fellow Christian, through another human being, they have not lost their power in any way whatsoever. Right. Right. John Bordelin. Yeah. Just uh, as professor Cuck was
2: slugging through Hebrew uh, last night to bring us that perspective. Uh, you know, I was on Twitter, you know, finding my theology and uh you know, so so I know this isn't like uh, you know probably it's not footnoted correctly, but um, something that I that just popped across my screen uh, from Tim Keller um, last night I thought applied here um, that the great basis of the Christian assurance is not how much our hearts are set on God, but on how unshakenly His heart is set on us. And I thought, boy, if that's an aspect of this text that we'll get through to. My hearers, that that as we leave this house, let's just not have any doubts about how unshakingly this triune God um, is desirous um, for us to be with Him and promises to be with us whatever this week is going to bring, and and promises uh, to be with us for all eternity, and so that um, so yeah, that in two cents.
0: No, excellent wrap-up thought. The the triune God beyond all our comprehension, but who reveals himself so that we can just know him and worship him as he is. Uh, He comes to us in all his power and his grace and gives us his gifts through these powerful words of blessing uh, for each one of us individually, putting his name on us and uh, promising never to leave us. Uh, Yeah, such rich gospel in this text. Well, uh, I'll wrap up there, even though we could say much more, we'll leave it for preachers to, to do that. But uh, God bless you as you continue working with these beautiful words of blessing and as you preach the word.